I get it. You're crashing at your principal's house with a preggus lady, an emo couple, and a mammal that's obsessed with fluorobite gear. Could be worse. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, haul at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. And we overanalyze episodes of the Australian classic soap opera, Neighbors, because it's always a well of gold. And I am Vaya. I'm a TV writer who never suspends disbelief. I have Kate who tweets Neighbors almost every night under the account Remued. Hello, everybody. CJ is busy with Christmas festivities this weekend, so she can't be here. She's right into it. She went to the like the late night shopping last night, and I'm like, mate. Yeah, nah, I'm all right on that front. <laughs> she, was, she was really enthusiastic about it. I'm like, nah, ain't nobody got time for that. But okay. Motherhood has degringed her. It really has. But well done. Find joy wherever you can. We have found a bit of joy in Neighbours this week. I really enjoyed this week's episodes. Yeah, though it was back to some good quality stuff. They weren't huge dramas, but they were, you know, steady, low-level drama Look, peppered throughout the week. There was no poison shortbread. No, you can't. Look, that's only a sometimes treat. <laughs> so we're going to get into that shortly. Neighbours Council Business. The business, again. We had someone else join our Neighbours Council Facebook group. Julie says she listens to the podcast at night when she goes to bed, as soon as it comes out, unless she hasn't seen the most recent Neighbours Eps, and then she listens once she catches up. That's the right way to do it, Julie. <laughs> Don't let us spoil things for you. Yeah. Though I was chatting to our friend Brett, who um, lives overseas now, and he was saying the only way he keeps up with Neighbours is through Neighbours Pod. Yeah, because it does fill a few gaps in if you get behind and you can't go through all the episodes, then we can give you the cliff notes. And patreon.com slash neighbourspod, I owe you guys some bonus eps. I have two more weeks of work for the year and then nothing for the immediate future. So I'm just going to hammer out a bunch of probably like Netflix movie recaps and a couple of us are going to do like a season in review of Playing for Keeps. So that'll all come out soon on Patreon. You can binge the content that I binge create. Oh, and... Night Terrace reached their Kickstarter goal for season three. So if anyone was across that or supporting that, that's going to go ahead. So there'll be more Jackie Woodburn content down the road, which is a good time. Now, we're going to do a shallow dive this week because I liked a lot of the apps. I couldn't pick one, but we're going to focus on in and around the goings on at the Kennedy house because they had a lot of action this week, starting with Finn and B as... um. Roxy called them later in the week, the emo couple. (laughs) They're a bit on the rocks. Finn's not super thrilled that B has been inserting herself into Ned's narrative because he's been involved in this illegal fighting ring and Aaron... Hang on. Is it actually illegal to organise having fights? Look, I've never investigated this avenue myself. I can imagine that the the gambling's probably illegal. But I don't I think between consenting adults, surely you're allowed to to get your punch on. Okay, well the terminology be they called it underground. So it's underground. Loading dog. <laughs> it's at surf it's at ground level, but it's figuratively underground. Look, I'm guessing maybe if they, they were actually it was arranged at the waterhole, then it would just lose its mystery appeal. Yeah. I know I like it somewhere dark and shady. But because Aaron's waylaid with his hubby who's waiting for a kidney. He can't police Ned. 
No, he's like, someone else has got to look after Ned. And no one's calling down any other Willises to come and help with Ned. So they're just getting oh, the like neighbours. like a drab. He can only help teenagers. He can't help no. adults. His troubled mid-twenties son. Why not send Ned up to the Goldie mm. for a bit of R&R after his, like, trauma? Yeah, some sunshine, some surf. Some tats. No responsibilities. Li- schoolies, man. Live he would the, have a ball. Living the drab life. He's a toolie. Yeah. He'd fit right in. So B follows Ned around. She finds this fight club. Which is amazing. Look, how underground is it that she can just go there and find it? Well, she went up to the guy and said, do you run a fight club? And he said, yes, here are the details. You think he'd just go, first rule of fight club. (laughs) (laughs) On this street, every single person knows about fight club. Everyone. But there was one scene with like 17 people are crowded around discussing it. So so the Aaronsboro rules of fight club is... Talk about Fight Club. Always. Like, and B's sworn to secrecy by Aaron and within 12 minutes is telling Finn the whole thing. So she goes down there and I really loved this moment. Ned sees her and uh, they call for the next fighter and B's like, me, I'm doing it. And jumps, puts herself in the ring and then this badass bitch comes and takes her on. Badass bogan. She oh. was raring to go. Who, who knew there was actually women fighters there? That was awesome. I did see women in the background in a couple of the this, scenes. This is representation, Bea. Perfect. Loved it. And I love that woman. This, this is what the AFLW has led to. Yeah. Equality in the fight club arena. Yes, in all underground leisure activity. Don't be stupid. You're not fighting. If you're stupid enough to do it, then I'm stupid enough to do it. And B was like giving it a crack too. B looks shit scared, which isn't a great game face for when you're in a fight. Yeah, and she's tiny as well. She wasn't even just going to do it for show. She went to throw a few punches and, of course, knight in shining armour Ned jumps in and pulls her out of the fight and they run out of there. And that did not make the organisers very happy because there was money put on that fight. Who's betting? <laughs> I don't think oh. their bookies are going to make much unless be by some miracle. What I don't understand was that, look, from the moment she said I'm going to fight to the moment she was, left the fight was, what, probably less than a minute and suddenly all this money's gone down in that time? Yeah. I, I, look, it's implausible. Unless they're really swift bookies that are just, just on it. tap and go on the bookie. <laughs> they organise one of those right. little white It's going to take po- three days to reverse this transaction. <laughs> oh, my God. And, yeah, no one would have put money on B. It wasn't a high-stakes match, but now Ned's being pursued by the thugs who have threatened his harem of ladies that are trying to protect him. Harlow is in on it now. Yashvi, Harlow and B have all been threatened. I don't – well, hang on. And why not Roxy? Roxy lives there too. Yeah. Roxy could actually look after herself. Yeah, because they didn't see – they saw Harlow talking to Yashvi and Ned. Uh. And it makes me think Prue was absolutely right. This is not a safe space no, for I, a teenage girl. Sign me up for the order. <laughs> the order will protect Harlow. She's sitting there eating her twisties, getting in touch with her inner psyche, doing her schoolwork. Life's a dream in the order. So now all these people are onto them and this gets back to amnesiac terrorist Milsey who flips his lid that B put herself in danger. But if you knew someone like Finn and suddenly you found yourself in this sort of scrape, wouldn't you say, Finn, I know you can't remember this, but people are genuinely frightened of you. Can you go put the hard word on this guy and he'll back off? Yeah. Otherwise he's going to be copping a, an envelope full of anthrax. Yeah. Bring a scrapbook full of your newspaper headlines, Scarborough style. And, yeah, put the fear of God into these people. Then Yashvi's trying to straighten Ned out as well by giving him extra shifts at Lassiter's, but they don't know how to resolve it. 
And Yashvi does what we all wanted to do and that's she gets the fuzz involved. Yeah, yeah. Good on her, Lagan. Yes, good. And now, like, um, Detmek isn't there anymore. Like, things should actually – justice should be served. Very swift. It was very swift. But I'm still not sure of what they're charging these people with. Yeah, so she, she sends herself down there. So it's not like it's a cockfighting ring. It's not like there's any cruelty to animals. <laughs> the, the, the only dumb animals getting hurt there have consented to yeah. this. Meatheads. And she goes – to the organisers and says, hey, we're not afraid of you. You can't threaten us, which is very cute. <laughs> but really she's just creating a diversion for the cops to come in and spring them. Yeah. Lucky. Maybe, lucky they actually did turn up in time. Maybe it was trespass. That maybe they're not. Maybe it's not their loading dock. I don't know. I don't know. Now, look, now we have two legal eagles on our team. Yeah, Neighbours Council. Jeffrey Free. was the other one. Yes. Jeffrey, can you let us know <laughs> what are the legalities of all these people that were associated with the fight club, what were they running from the cops for? I, mean, I guess the organi- organisers wouldn't have any insurance, like public liability. Oh, yeah. Mind you, they've got their, their yellow painted OHS friendly railings for the spectators. <laughs> but for the actual um, participants, there's no insurance there. But really, isn't that more of a, uh, that's more of a liability for the organiser than anyone else? Okay, so there's this one Herald Sun article that talks about, this is from five years ago, that talks about underground cage fighting flourishing in Melbourne, like UFC style, fight fans are paying $300 a night to watch men fight in illegal cage matches around Melbourne. The bouts held in makeshift rings surrounded by wire fencing attract big crowds in secret locations. Hang on. I'm looking on Oslaw on Reddit. Nice. The lawyer says, um, normally an assault with consent is no assault at all. Ah. This article also goes on to say that Spectators are picked up by bus at a rendezvous point and then transported to the venue to avoid like a huge congregation of Yeah, like, clever. Yeah. I bet that doesn't happen in Erinsborough. No, they're just like, here's my business card, see but- you at nine. Also, the first time Ned went, it was 9pm, but then the rest of the week, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it was daytime. 300 bucks to watch that. That's heckers. Well, it wasn't cage fighting, but I'm sure it's... You know, an illegal strand of that, boxing. Next year we'll have an illegal cage fighting ring because, by God, they, if once they've found a novel storyline, they will be yeah. um, rehashing it. Yeah, Hendrix will be due for that. So this sort of divides B and Millsy even further. And But meanwhile, Millsy's reattached himself to Ellie, B's sister, who he used to go out with. B and Ellie have shared two exes now, Ned and Finn. And Susan, her spidey senses are tingling because she's found this photograph, photo album of Ellie and... Finn from when they used to go out and their memories of their relationship are just pictures of the two of them. Selfies. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, this is the time we're in Sydney and this is the time we're down by the Yarra. No landmark pictures, no landscape shots, no one person standing in front of just all couple shots, <laughs> an album full of them. They're such narcissists. And she finds this album in, in and amongst Finn's belongings so now she's freaking out. She's worried. But again, going back to the um, going back to Scarborough, what kind of psychopath actually prints photos in this day and age? I mean, they were from about five or six years ago. Even Still, then, I wasn't. That's printing. why you had folders on your phone. Yeah, Facebook albums. Mm. Uh, and not just the photo album, Finn's also paying extra attention to Ellie. Like he's going to Fitzroy to buy her organic peanut butter. Oh, look, I'd be happy to get out of Erinsborough and go to Fitzroy. <laughs> Possibly not for peanut butter, but anyway. He bought her a new pram and I thought, right, let's get my Googles on yeah. on this. And it, was, I thought, it was only on screen for like one second mm, too. I took a picture of it, of yep. course. And I thought, oh, you know, he's, he doesn't have a great deal of money. And to be honest, Neighbours doesn't have a great deal of money. I start looking at the cheap brands first. No, I can't find it. Turns out 
it was actually a stocky pram. Like the one that Paige, not Paige. Toadie had one for Nell, but this right. is a different um, style yeah. of it. So it's actually a different pram, same brand. And you're looking at about 1200 bucks for the Ooh. setup they had there. Well, I don't think Hermione costs that much. No. <laughs> 1200 smackers. Thank you, Mama Claudia. Um, yeah, so Finn's shelling out left, right and centre to help Ellie. And the bit that got me is, so, okay, the show has caught up to our brainwave of having to rage run Sonia's foundation. Because and by my goodness, all those ends were tied up so nicely for oh, her to do it this week. Because she's got managerial experience, she can balance the books, she's a woman who's had substance abuse issues, she can relate She's had so much experience as a businesswoman. A businesswoman and someone who can like relate to people that would use a foundation like this for support. Mm. But she's no nonsense as well. She's This thing is going to be run like a well-oiled yeah, machine. and she only needs it to occupy herself. She doesn't need a big salary, so that's great for them. Yep, yep. So falls into Toadie's lap. He's happy as Larry. Finn is like, oh, what about Ellie? Yeah, I thought Ellie could do it because, you know, she's really competent at every other thing she's ever done in her life. So Ellie is like, as we've established now, 10 months pregnant. And not to say people can't work right up till the end of their pregnancy, but Ellie, she doesn't want to right now. She's she's worried about where her income's coming from, but she doesn't want to immediately go to a full-time job now. I'm pretty sure she could apply for some Centrelink benefits at this stage. Yeah. She's living with her auntie and uncle, so she's probably on a very small amount of rent, yeah, if that anything. Just bored, really. Yeah. She could do all kinds of things on Airtasker. She can rewrite people's CVs for them, edit people's cover letters. She's an English teacher. She The world is her literary oyster. <laughs> the gig economy is there for the taking. So also she hasn't expressed interest in running the foundation. She no. tro- she put her hand up to run the buddy club, but Toadie's like, no, no, no. <laughs> we don't want a sacked teacher. It's not good rep. The thing is she is basically useless. Though. She, the, she would not be able to do anything with that foundation to run it competently. No, teenagers hate her and she hates teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> she, she should not be around the buddy club. Look, I'm still like, do we have to have the buddy club? No, I don't want it. I don't want no. the buddy club. I mean, look, I know Erin Sparrow has a glut of shit bags. <laughs> Actually, it does need the buddy club. It needs to reform the delinquent youth of the street. Can we have like an off-camera off buddy club, much like the Wellness Centre continues to run in my yeah, mind? Yeah, that'd be great. So I'm off for my session. See yeah. you guys at the at the Harold's later. Yeah, just like how we don't get to see everybody, um, everything's anonymous. Yeah, they just come out of there. And that's fine. Go, oh, man, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm going to, like, pour out this bottle of booze now. Great. And shout out to Ned who went to his first counselling session Yep. with what seemed to be a competent professional and he needed more help and he had his appointment brought forward. Very responsible Ned, looking after your mental health. He couldn't get it brought even more forward, but that's the system. <laughs> that's what you've got to do. So I'm really proud of him for that. But to rage... Great opportunity for her. Toadie's happy. Millsy's sticking his nose in it. And all of a sudden, all these people are making decisions about a pregnant woman's employment without even consulting her. There were so many conversations about what she did and didn't want. Not one single person said, hey, Ellie, I heard you were interested in running this foundation. Are you? (laughs) What would you like to do with yourself and body? Yeah, but still, I'd be like Toadie. Like, I don't want her running it. I'm not going to ask her because I don't want her to. But for, for family's sake, for, mm. all right, I'll do the Kennedys a solid and check with their niece if she actually wants this. But yeah, but, but Susan had already said. Yeah, Susan this, had already, like, um, brought Tarage in. This so. is the second job Susan's, like, oh, why <laughs> Yeah, she's a shocker. <laughs> don't ever put her on your resume. 
Unless you're a shitbag boy where she'll give you a kind yeah. reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a great time. Now, we have a couple of visitors re- return to Erinsborough. Yeah, just, just what we wanted, yeah. Firstly, knock, 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 Mama Claudia's at the door. Kate Raisin's back. And I love that Ellie just freezes over. Yeah, yeah I love it. Just like Ellie, dry ice. Ellie's like, oh, yeah, we're two of a kind here. I know your type. Yeah. And I'm like, not giving you a bar of anything. Because yeah. in my mind, so she walks through the door, she hugs Finn. And in my mind, if I was Ellie, I would be like, I'm so sorry about your loss. Like, I know she's yeah. said it on the phone or whatever, but this is the first time you see yeah. this dead boy's mother. You say, hey, yeah. how are you holding up? Sorry yeah. about your loss. Nothing. Ellie's like, I guess you can touch my stomach if you must. Look, I know this is out of the blue. Hi. Oh, my goodness, you're so big. Yeah. Um, do you mind? Yeah, I guess not. Uh, hello, Bubby. It's Grandma. It is Old a, bitch. It is very strange that this woman has flown all the way from Switzerland with no warning as well. But that, to me, that's that's classic her. That just seemed like exactly the manoeuvre she'd pull. Just it's, play with all of them and just turn up on the doorstep. It probably happens with Carl in reverse. You know how he just kind of disappears to London with no notice? Yeah. It's probably like Catherine opens the door and she's like, <laughs> Hello, Carl. <sighs> Malcolm, make up the spare bed. <laughs> And now not only Ellie is Ellie icy to her, but Finn is not really interested because she's her agenda is I've lost my kid, that my second rate kid that I didn't want is all I got left. Better try and make amends with him. But he's like, sorry, not interested. Yeah. And she's like, but you've got my spawn over there, Ellie. And remember, Claudia previously had the contract drawn up so that Sean could have shared parental rights. Oh, I can just hear Bechdel, legal eagle, just like rolling in her sleep right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really think Claudia's here to take the baby back to Switzerland. Which, in the scheme of things, isn't a bad no. thing for the baby. It's probably for the best. Now, who else turns up? Oh, it, it's someone we really wanted to come back. Shit back Dean. Dean Marnie, who Finn calls Mahoney. Oh, yeah, that is weird. That really grated <laughs> on me. It's Marnie. In this country, Finn, we say Marnie. Yeah. He was a bit of a an internet icon, Dean. Like he was in a lot of memes. He kind of reminded me of the spy in Spy vs. Spy, the uh, cartoon. I'm going to have to get know. a picture of it. Is that a recent cartoon? No, no. It's like from the oldie days oh. in Mad Magazine. Okay, Kate just showed me a picture and I don't know the cartoon, but it is quite hilarious. It's a good likeness. Angled features. Now, when did we last see him, Kate? Uh, when his mum. Remember his mum was Ellie's obstetrician? Mm-hmm. And he decided to blackmail Ellie into buying him booze, et cetera, et cetera. Because he found out that Ellie was pregnant to the wrong man. Yes, Sean instead of Det Mac. God, I miss Det Mac. What? I just, just, no, leave. I know this is your house, but you can just leave right now. I miss. I can't believe you said that. I miss having a target, like a scapegoat for all my woes. Gary Francis Xavier Kenny. Yeah, but he can't shoulder the whole burden on his own. Coyle has been picking up the slack. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, but I mean, someone in a professional field who lets things slide, I need to hate someone in that area. Um, although I'm enjoying the force running like a well-oiled machine without debt mech. So Dean's skulking around and Ellie confronts him. She's like, what oh, are yeah. you doing? And, and he's bringing his own um, menacing music too as well. <laughs> he's just got it on a Bluetooth speaker in his back pocket. She's like, I feel like someone's watching me and there's this weird music playing. <laughs> He drops this sub story on Ellie, which I 100% fell for, hook, line Mm. and sinker. He's like, my mum and I aren't getting along. I dropped out of school. I'm couch surfing. I feel really bad about how I treated you. I'm really sorry. 
And Ellie's like, well, just leave me alone. Go away. Fine. And then the bombshell later in the episode. Yeah, it turns out that he, he's in cahoots. With Martoast. Mama Kelly. Yeah. They're cooking something up together. Which Probably how bread. On, how on earth? How on earth did they find each other? Oh, look, she would have had a private detective onto Ellie who would have been like, oh, Christ, here's the list of students she's, um, you know, damaged. Yeah, they would have start, started with Piper. Um, yeah, and she called her a skank, yeah. Maybe, although, what's his name? Shitbag Dean said that he'd heard about Dry Toast's demise. So maybe he saw it in the paper or on TV and remembered him from the blackmail. Yeah. And then got in contact with the mum to go, hey. Well, that, you know what? Bless the internet for bringing, the, bringing these two people together. Yeah, this conspiracy is going to be magnificent. So that's all we have from them. That's we leave that and into next week. But they were hanging out at hanging out at Grease Monkeys together. <laughs> Just out on Power Road. Even even like you know, um, Ma Toast has heard about the the scandals at the waterhole and Dippy. Yeah. So that, that she's not going there. <laughs> she's like, nah, I got. She didn't even say she was staying at Lasseter's. She said, "I've got to go." Usually they go, "All right, I've got my yeah. room waiting for me at Lasseter's." <laughs> Nobody's going to Lasseter's. Nah, no one. Tumbleweeds. Just that one family that want their bags carried up by, by Yashvi. Imagine how, oh, you know what? It would just all be people going, well, I normally stay at the caravan park, but it looks like I can afford the hotel. Yeah. And you're getting carrying my bags now, okay? <laughs> they're all on whatif.com and yeah. it's dropped like it's 60% off. Yeah. And they're getting the Look, the it's either sweet this or the roaches down the road. <laughs> I would 100% do it like if, if we're like if the if the logies are in Erinsborough and we've got to stay at budget accommodation I'm gonna bring like a whole roll of foil just to cover up every <laughs> surface in the room first though now shall we move over to the quick resolution of the class action yeah wow how lucky is Toadie he did like two weeks work on that I know what a that is that is a great payday what a windfall he hasn't even missed a mortgage payment <laughs> now the reason it resolved is because Paul had this heart to heart with Amy yeah. and she persuaded him to just settle the class action so he could focus on David. Because he was flying off the handle at every turn, disrupting hospital patients, screaming at Coyle at mediation. Now, Coyle should have just, look, I'm still team Paul on this. Why was Coyle even there? Also, why wasn't there a mediator at mediation? Oh, yeah. yeah. Were they expecting the lawyer for the plaintiffs to... Yeah, no, this, it was very strange. and They're like, see you at mediation. And it's Chloe and Pierce and Paul and Toadie and Kyle. I'm like, where, who's mediating? Yeah. <laughs> it's I one mean, side versus the other side. I didn't side. pick up on that, but you're right. Yeah, Paul wants to devote his time and energy into um, why? David. I mean, it's a class action as well. Why is it only Coyle representing the victims? He was the lead one. He was the captain of the victims. <laughs> he was the lead plaintiff. Mm-hmm. They settled... Paul uh, rejigged the shares of Lassiter's, so now he and Pierce each have a 40% share. To Rage has 20% still, which I didn't even realise. No, but I'd love to know how much Paul had initially. Mm, maybe. Maybe he had 60%. Yeah. 60, 20, and Pierce only had 20. Yeah. So the powers shifted. Now all the money's landed in their bank accounts, quick sticks, mm. and... Coyle straight away is like, oh, I don't want it now. I'm going to give it to the foundation. I'm like, shut up, Coyle. Coyle, you actually have no chance in any way of starting your own life off. So why not save it, invest in some property? Buy a house around the corner from Ramsey Street so or, your grandma doesn't have to look after you. Why not even help pay out grandma's bloody mortgage yes. so she doesn't have to work at a barmaid at that rat hole? Yes. <laughs> Buy an investment property in Frangers. Mm. Property's going up. It's near the beach. And then make a donation to the foundation yeah. if you want. Do a donation to kidney research. 
I mean, seriously. Go buy David a kidney in China or something. And while we're on it, Leo, you're a 30-year-old man. What are you doing at a music festival with your phone switched off? They can't get onto Leo he's, to, he's see, living his best life to see there. if he's a match. I guess it is summer in America. No, wait, it's the end of the year. No. It's coming up to winter in America. What kind of music festival is he at? Maybe he's gone to like the, the fire festival. <laughs> he's, no, he's probably tried to start the, the new fire That's festival. That's why they can't contact him. There's no electricity. <laughs> there's, there's no sewers. He's like, I'm resurrecting this great business plan. Get the disaster relief tents ready. Well, that's perfect. So, he, yeah, they can't reach his twin, David's twin, on any platform. No platform. I'd just love to imagine whatever hedonistic lifestyle Leo's <laughs> leading right now, but I, I wouldn't be picking up the phone either. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, but um, wasn't there – who was it? It was Amy's ex. He's apparently got tabs on him. Yeah, he's, he's buds with Liam. This is strange. Very strange. Not even Lucy. How does he even know Liam? Um, well, because Jimmy's living there. Yeah, but that was like, we so haven't seen Liam in a long time, have we? Leo would have gone to check, say hi to Jimmy. He's, Jimmy's his nephew. nephew yeah. So he probably became buds with Liam, you know. Who knows? <laughs> um, so they haven't asked any other Robinson. They haven't asked Elle, Rob Rob. Lucy. Yeah, no one else. Gail? Or does, is Gail on the list? She's not oh, a blood. Oh, Gail's not related no, to him. she's yeah, not married in. No, she wouldn't. She wouldn't donate either. So we're just waiting now for the mysterious kidney to materialise. It's just a bizarre story decision. Why don't they just say, we tested Leo and he's not a match? Like, why do they have to pretend he's not answering the phone? No, I think I read somewhere that the actor is coming back. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. So maybe eventually he does emerge mm. from his bender, which doesn't sound like the kidney would be in great shape, but okay. Ding, ding. Tickets, please. <laughs> I'm Gary, and I've got tickets on myself. I'm the chef at the 82 Tram Cafe, Erinsborough, inviting you to come and have a gander. Pack in like it's peak hour, enjoy some native tucker and pie form, and uh, drink out of jars that Dr. Carl saved from his pasta sauce. Need to book a function? Throw a surprise wedding for your bride-to-be in a tram. We might even serve desserts with fresh cacao. Don't worry, we've given the joint a once-over since I trashed it. So stumble aboard and stuff your gob full of roadkill. The 82. We put the ding in dingus. So now we come to the other big development of the week. Over at the Bren Den, countdown is on to the second wedding of the year. I was going to say the nuptials of the decade. Yeah, the second lot of nuptials this year. Started the year off with the magnificent non-wedding of Ellie and Detmeck. Yeah, yeah. Which Chloe was the um, best woman in. She was the best woman and the scarlet woman. Mm. Both roles were met. And she's ending the year with her own wedding because they arbitrarily picked December the 9th or whatever off the calendar. And I was thinking, because Chloe was telling Susan, well, we're going to have this secondary bash in Adelaide with the rest of the Brennans. Why not have the whole wedding in a winery in South Australia? Why not have a wedding where all your friends can come to it? Like, surely Chloe has some friends from her previous life? Yeah, school, uni, all her Adelaidean buddies. You'd think that Pierce would have a few more business contacts being a billionaire that he would have become friends with over the years. In wine country, to say the least. Mm. Well, it looks like the wedding is going to be at a winery. Yeah, which is nice. I'm excited mm, about that. It's a good tie-in, yeah. Yeah, so your sick mother can come. Weird choice. It is very strange. I just, I never understand why they don't say, we're going to have a pre-party in Ramsey Street. Yeah, or even Pierce goes, you know what, I'm a bazillionaire. Mm. Let's just fly everybody to South Australia. Yeah. 
Uh, a friend of mine had two weddings. She had one here in Melbourne and one in Malaysia for another part of her family. And they were both two proper weddings. Only one of them was the real one. But they had the proper ceremony and reception at each. So at least just say, okay, we're doing two weddings or we're doing two receptions. One here, one in Adelaide. Now, oh my God, the wedding rehearsal. <laughs> Chloe has booked with Susan to rehearse the wedding at their home. Which isn't really how you do it. You generally go to the venue or something and that way you can work out the logistics of, okay, I'll have them standing there and then Chloe um, will get your driver or whoever to give me the signal and then we'll know when to put on the music to start. You know, it's like it's the actual nuts and bolts of the logistics. Yeah, you're staging it. Yeah. So when Susan starts running through the vows and Hendrix decides to stand in and he's like, well, isn't she going to read them? And Susan's like, actually, that's not the important bit. It's just the staging. And Hendrix is in cahoots with Roxy to put a spanner in the works of this wedding. And he has Roxy create a diversion at the pub by organising some kind of workers' strike. No, but this is great. Like, Roxy's trying to um, get the the workers of Lassiter's to form a union, like, because they they can do a bit of collective bargaining there. I feel really sorry for the workers there. Suddenly they've gone from having consistent hours to having no hours at all and people getting under the threat of being fired. Mm -hmm. And now they've got new management. I'd be really worried if I worked there. And I, you know. And Sheila doesn't have any information. Their managers don't have any information no. to appease them. So Roxy calls them all in, everyone. Bar staff, maids, porters, <laughs> bellhops, like everyone's there. It's a bet they haven't even had a Christmas party this year. How, how demoralising. And Pierce is just there twiddling his thumbs, not knowing what to tell <laughs> them. They're just like, we want our jobs back. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's what it is. And for some reason, this takes an hour. This meeting? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, it was good for him to have a, a chat with the workers. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know why it took that long. Yeah, it was the right decision to stay and discuss this with them. Chloe was right to be outraged that he didn't call her in as well. Mm. He, he's appointed her permanent general manager now that he's got a 40% share in Lassiter's. It's not like Sue's is busy every evening. They could have done this and later it's, on. It's more respectful to Susan's time to say, hey, work crisis. You don't have to sit here for an hour wait, wasting yeah. your time. Come back later. Yeah. So Hendrix steps in because he's sweet on Chloe and he wants to use this vow rehearsal. As a pretend wedding. Yeah. I think at one point he looked at Susan like, so are we legally married now? (laughs) And I got to put my, take my hat off to J-Dubs because Susan has to sit through this pretend ceremony with the stepson and the stepmom declaring their pretend feelings to each other and act like this is, Semi-normal. Like she was a bit like, Hendrix, this isn't really the done thing. And he's like, no, let's do it. Otherwise she'll stuff it up on the day. And he puts forward all the qualities about Chloe that he appreciates. This is where it's Chloe starting to twig that he's holding a candle to her here. And you have this weird way of saying things that makes people smile. (laughs) And when you have every reason to crack it, you're positive. Nothing gets you down and that's really cool. Oh, then um, Pierce goes out for a swim and they're playing um, video games on the couch together. And yeah, he leans in for the pash. Which, okay, happened for one second too long. Like for Mm. someone who wasn't into it, Chloe did push him away and was like, what, pull up the pony, this is not on. What are you doing? And he says, you know, you're too good for my dad. Blah, blah, blah. And at first she thinks he's it's a rebellious act. He's just trying to... Oh, yeah, like he did at the start. Like, And also he has past history of doing it with Pierce's previous girlfriend. Yeah, Chris, Christy Hayes' character. Yeah. So she thinks he's just being a little shitbag. Then mm. she realises he has real feelings. But I love the way Chloe snapped to action. Mm. She's like, shut it down. She said, this is not 
I don't want this. Yeah, because I was watching and- it and I was like, no, don't lie about this, Chloe. You got to get this. You yeah. got to air this out. Don't and let this be another soap trope. No, and she didn't. She just straight away was like, "We need to talk to your dad about this. I need to talk to you about this. This is not okay. I love your dad. You've read it wrong." He mm. goes, "Oh, we've got a connection." She goes, well, "You've read it wrong. You, we don't." Actually, I think that's probably the best parenting that Hendrix has ever had in his life. Yeah. And she said, "I was just genuinely happy to welcome you into the family and bond with you, and nothing else." And then she calls Pierce over and then they lay it all out there. And, of course, Pierce snaps and doesn't listen to his son's issues. He just immediately wants to punish him, which doesn't go down well because Hendrix just runs out of there and tries to find another couch to sleep on. Yeah. And he was turned – oh, he was absolutely slammed down by Harlow, wasn't he? I loved that. She's like, we've got enough problems here. We don't need you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. They've got Ned's going through it. Tarage is on the piss. Tarage, they're trying to keep all the alcohol out Do- of there. Dr. Knacker's on his deathbed. Yeah, she was right. No, we don't have room for shitbaggery at the Willis yeah. house. So he, of course, where does he go? Where all waifs, wayward boys go. The Kennedy house. And Kennedy house couch. Look, I think there's enough room for him, in, for him there because Ellie would have a, her own room. B and Finn are sharing. There's got to be a spare bedroom. Yeah, I think somewhere along the way... B and Finn merged rooms. Mm. So that little room, that little guest room we saw yes. in the Kennedy house would be available for him. Though, look, it would be perfect sewing room for Suze. <laughs> I also think it's time. Well, it is time Ellie moved out, but she can't move out with the baby. But maybe B could move out. Oh, Ellie could move out and just be an adult yeah. and look after her own child. What about Eclipse Apartments? Aren't any of they available? Oh, the penthouse, mate. Yeah. Why isn't Pierce living in the penthouse? Yeah, you're right. That would be great. Mm. Because they needed the Brendan occupied, that's why. And I'm glad it is still in Bren hands. Suddenly it's the day of the wedding or the day before the wedding. Oh, and what do you do the night before your wedding, Bea? Hucks, bucks, hens. Yeah, that's, it's always a strange choice. I don't think anyone would do that in reality, well, really. Well, I'll tell you who does it. Irish people. <laughs> My friend, when she got married, her Irish husband went out on the piss oh. with his mates. <laughs> that's how you end up getting strapped to a boom gate or something. Yeah, well, like that Full House episode where like Uncle Jesse dropped out of a plane or like had to, had to like skydive his way back to the wedding or something. I don't know. I just feel like, <laughs> yeah, of course you want to go into your wedding day hungover and possibly like with massive bruises on your face. Yeah, it's queasy all day. You can't enjoy the food. Still kind of smelly from yeah. you know, being felt up by a stripper. <laughs> Which brings us oh. to... So, yeah, Chloe, um, Chloe's surprise hen's night was organised by Sheila and Dippy. And Chloe's reaction to that was adequate. Yeah, she's like, what? Why them? And he's like, because everyone else was already in scenes this week and they were the only ones available. Because nobody else is your age and is a woman except for Ellie and you guys were getting it on. Yeah, the only friend you have is is your lover. Is your lover, yeah. Yeah, the brothers are busy and you've made no other friends, so... Really, they should have. It should have been a merged hux. You know who wasn't there? Who should have been? Roxy. She was invited, but she didn't want to go. <laughs> she said, "I can't. I want to go to that. That sounds lame." Which it Clo- was. No, but Chloe. She and Roxy like should be friends. Yeah, they would be on the terps together. Amy, at least. Oh yeah. Oh, was she in like a state of mourning or something? They were all doing bedside vigil. I have to admit, every time they Chloe talks about how important it is for David to be there, I'm like, why? Why is it important? He's just your neighbour. And then, then my brain ticks along. And I'm like, oh, hang on, he's your brother-in-law. Yeah. Okay. It does take a while for me to remember that though. Yeah. Because you forget because the Brenaka house seems like a whole big house of friends, and yes. you forget who's related to who. So. Dippy and Sheila organise – it's actually a style of hen's night I've been to, making flower crowns. 
It's quite a pleasant experience. Are they usually with fake flowers or real flowers? Real. Well, they were fake. Oh, yeah. No, we had real beautiful flower crowns. and But that wasn't the whole event. It was flower crowns while you get on the piss. Yeah. <laughs> and then later you go out to additional drinking festivities yeah. and we watched a strip show. Nice. Which is one of those – it was one of those kind was of it, – Was it studs afloat? Were you trapped on a boat <laughs> with like buff waiters? No, and I only ever hear that because you mention it. <laughs> But um, it was – it's one of those kind of sanitised ones. It was like a proper show where they oh, – I so say the, the bride didn't get sexually assaulted? Almost. I think she was brought up and they, they like, did danced. They do, oh, did they do push-ups on her? Because that's not right. No. They that's just danced disgusting. around her. Yeah. I was a little bit actually – I'd never been to anything like that and I was geared up to see some wang. And you don't – you didn't see anything. I was like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to go the whole hog. We're when going in, trash. We're going full trash. Yeah, we're in Rome. But no, nothing. Not just a little bit of a slag. <laughs> A total slag. Exactly. Kate just caught me up on that meme. It's a fizzer, this flower crown party at yeah. Waterhole. But then suddenly two members of Erinsborough Police turn up. <laughs> Are you Chloe Brennan? We've got some shocking news for you. Am I about to be arrested for being a naughty girl? <gasps> Watch yourself. This is a serious matter. I'm afraid you've been reported for handling hot goods. I love that Chloe immediately cottons on. She's like, yes, things are firing up. And so Ellie, as a present, has organised this. Not one, but two strippers and of two genders. Well done. Catering to all of Chloe's interests. Lovely. Imagine you are out for a family dinner at the Waterhole. <laughs> and yet, look, there's a hen's night at the next table and you're like, oh, God, no, this isn't great, but all right. They're just making flower crowns. This is all right. Yeah. Strippers, no, strippers do not come into pubs. Not unless it's a special room. Not unless it's like the, 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 a titty bar pub. Well, just a back room. Yeah. <laughs> Not the main eating area. No, no. This, that's NQR. A great night was had by all. Oh, oh, and I'd just like to point out that the male stripper, it's actually the second time we've seen him because that's Ivan from Ali's season of The Bachelorette. Oh, Ivan. Oh, sorry, Ivan. Is yeah. he the one that tried to blend two avocados full, full in a blender? That's indeed exactly who he is. And I, he comes onto Nova in the morning a few times and Sam Pang hates him. So that's the only reason I know who he is. And he was on on Friday morning saying, I'm going to be on Neighbours tonight as a stripper. My favourite piece of writing ever done by friend of the show, Brockle Snitch, Beck Shaw, she wrote this recap of The Bachelorette. And it was the episode where Ivan went to make a smoothie for Ali and he blended two entire avocados because the recipe called for them pits, skin and all. I cried with laughter reading that recap. It was joyous. So I'll oh, link that. But you know, you know what his stripper name is? No. Hugh Hammer. Hugh. And so he's now been credited for two episodes in Neighbours as Hugh Hammer. What was his previous gig? When he stripped with Aaron back in his stripping days. Oh, beautiful. It's a bit weird, though, to get the bride her brother's colleague. <laughs> and, you know, that means they actually had to name the, the female stripper as well. And guess what her stripper name was? I couldn't possibly. Diamond LaRue. Oh, Beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, a great night. It came good, the hen's night. Over at the Bucks night, they've held it at the 82 tram. As a side note, when I was listening to last week's pod, I was crossing the road as the ding ding came on and I was just like, I jumped out of my skin because it is exactly the noise of the trams in Melbourne. Yeah, you have to be vigilant. And I was like, even though I was crossing a suburban street with no tram line, I was like, oh my God, I'm about to get hit. Oh, is that hazardous? We don't have that many Melbourne listeners, so it's okay. Oh, and another side note. Yesterday, I got stuck in a horrendous traffic jam behind the bloody number 82. Really? 
Really? Yes. Maribyrnong oh, Road. Beautiful. It was appalling. Were people eating local fauna aboard? I was just like, this is another reason to hate the 82. I did enjoy how Puffy, they, he said, we're having emu pie and kangaroo, whatever, quiche or whatever. And he said, oh, we're eating all of the coat of arms tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was it, did we talk about last? No, no, it was this week. Gazcan got out his new pie and it was croc and clove pie. Crocodile. Yeah. And cloves. Like friend of the Irwins in a pie. I just don't get it. I don't understand. And Dippy liked it. It looked, it looked like a Mornay in a pie as well. Yeah, it looked tasty. Like it looked when she said it was salmon, I'm like, that sounds mm. delicious. Mm. And then when he said what it actually was, I wanted to spew. And cloves as well. Ooh, <laughs> chives maybe. Cloves. He's, he's weird. He's weird. Who wants a crock pie no, as well? zero people. Like serve it on a plate. Tourists Like maybe. nicely cooked. The thing about pies is you can hide bad cuts of meat in there. Isn't that like the thing? Like, Well, maybe that's what he's doing. He's just trying to make a feature out of it. He's like, I'm going to go down the bloody pet food supply store. I'm just going to buy every cheap bit of meat I can find here. And then I'll lean into it. I'll get my dog food quality kangaroo there. Yeah. Oh. So strange. But Pierce, he's cobbled together the few friends that he's made in his short t- time in Erinsborough. It's organised by Carl. Was, was Paul there? No, he's, they're all at David's vigil. I want to see Paul back at a Bucks night, like in the first episode. Oh, Imagine if they'd actually, look, they had a stripper. They could have had like um, brought in a new love interest. He, for... could, have, he could have done it for his own wedding. Oh, that yeah. was the wedding earlier. This is our third wedding this year. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Paul and Rage's success, success mm. story. Elvis wedding. Yeah. But who doesn't turn up to the Bucks, the best man, which is Hendrix, because he's cracked the sads. And I love how Pierce just expected him to turn up. He's, he's having a feud with his son. He's, Isn't his son's, what, 16, 17? He's got the silent you treatment. You think he'd bring him? Yeah, like he just assumes, oh, well, he's invited. He's going to be there. Mm. It's not how teenagers work, no. Pierce. And I'd, be, I'd feel awkward about being invited to something when I'd had a feud with them. Yeah. I'd be like, well, I might just skip this. They won't miss me. And I love how Pierce is trying to make amends with his son, but he doesn't give two shits about his daughter because she's not invited to the wedding. Do we know the name of the daughter? Not yet. It's probably going to be something heinous. It'll be some, I was going to be like Dakota. It'll We've be, already had a yeah, Dakota. It'll be another surname as first name mm. to keep with the current laws in Erinsborough. Let's try and pick it. I reckon maybe Quinn. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good one. We're very, well, we've got a Harlow, so we can't have a Harper. We've had a Piper. Kenna McKenzie. Maybe. I'm, I'm feeling American place name in this name. Mm, yeah. Montana. Oh, yeah. That's that's not good. Though he's got the rock star name. Anyway. Anyway, we can debate that on the council. Shitbag suggestions for the Grace and daughter. Oh, no. It'll be something like Paris or something rank. Yeah, but more modern day than Paris. Probably even London. <laughs> London. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh, you know the worst one, which I've, I've seen on some baby name groups? Scotland. Yuck. Oh, because of bloody one of the Kardashians. The middle name is Scott. It's like Penelope Scotland, That's one of the good. Kardashian babies. Scotland's <sighs> lovely place. It's not a name, though. Don't if put if, it in if the your child has land in the name, no. And Alec, doesn't Alec Baldwin have an Ireland? Yes. So there's a lot of people to blame yeah. for these trends. Okay, that brings us to the end because the big cliffhanger is. Pierce comes to find Hendrix. It's now the day of the wedding. He's dropping off the boutonnieres. He still thinks Hendrix is on his way to the wedding. And he gets to the Kennedy house and Carl finds a scribbled note on the bench. Thanks for letting me crash. See you fuckers later. I'm going to Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Erinsborough. So, and then, like, yeah. the promo for next week is, oh, well, I'm meant to be getting married, but I don't have a best man or a groom. 
Well, the best man isn't integral to this process. No. And also... He's not even 18. He wouldn't be able to witness your signature, would he? If this was a crucial part of the event, you could have said when you're picking a date, hey, Hendrix has just joined our lives. Let's wait six months for him to settle in, form a better bond. They could have even asked Hendrix if he was available yeah. on that date because he did have a problem with that. Let's do it at like Easter school holidays. Mm. So they've all got themselves to blame for rushing this. Shall we do, I'm in the mood, citizen or citizen of the week? Yes. I know mine already. Oh, go go for it. I've dropped a little hint earlier. It's Leo Tanaka. (laughs) Leo, you're in your early 30s. What are you doing dicking around at a music festival for more than 48 hours without any contact with the outside world? He's living his best life there. Knee deep and fun times. His best life is not good enough for me. Not we, good enough, We Leo. do need the spin-off of Leo Tanaka's Fire Festival. Web series. <laughs> the next web series. And yeah, oh, Imagine if we had a web series from – imagine if we had Pipe Up with Pipe's like depressing life now. <laughs> She's not even coming down for the Melbourne wedding. She's got to wait for the Adelaide second-rate version. Yeah. Kate, have you got one? But we haven't discussed um, Puffy playing Gazcan. Because I didn't, I didn't, wasn't interested. But you can feel free to use this your corner of citizen or citizen to discuss this moment. Oh, okay. I'm going to give a citizen for the first time in a long time. My citizen goes to Puffy. Really? Yeah, because he's um. Okay, well, a he's rightly angered at Dippy becoming close friends with local Lothario Gazcan. <laughs> I'm just like that man is like a menace. It, yeah. And okay, a is vomitous, and b it's just really implausible that the two of them. Well, no, it's not implausible that he would. It's implausible that she would have anything to do with it. I mean, they're both small business owners, so they've got that in common. <laughs> they both have to draw up the specials every week. They both live in the same street. Anyway, look, um, but the best part of this situation is that Puffy's realised, oh, hang on, I can just friend him to spite him. Just because Gazcan clearly wants to spend a bit of his free time with my wife, I'm going to be part of that. Gaz wants to take a dip in the dippy. Exactly. So good on Puffy for um, forming a friendship out of spite. And do you have a saddest bitch, Kate? I do, actually. We've got a new contender this week. It is Hendrix. The saddest bitch in Aaronsborough Just wants to love and be loved in return Because of the whole vows business, he's in love with his stepmom. And in front of his principal, he takes the moment to declare his feelings. Yeah. Gross. Um, also, he's 17 and she's at least 31. Oh, look, look, that is completely plausible, though. She is hot AF. Oh, she's, and she's a joy. Wait, everybody would fall in love yeah, with her. Yeah, she's a delight. If that was just stepmom, forget about it. Yeah. But you don't go there. No. <laughs> He's but so then, entitled. And then he was like an old sad sack on the couch with Roxy as well. Yeah, it was just all that. He truly is the saddest bitch at the So what's Roxy doing befriending teenagers? Well, I'm worried about her. Now, she's like only 20 or something, isn't she? And yeah, she's a woman child too. She's on the cusp of Thule. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> she's no Ned. Not at all, but she'll he- she's heading there if she doesn't branch out. So that's the week. We we are going to take a couple of weeks off, but I don't know when yet. i just got to wait to completely burn out and then I'll activate the two weeks off. I'm like every week now, I'm cracking the, the whip on there. I'm like, <laughs> come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Got to get through the festive season. Yeah, we really want to do whatever the Christmas episode yeah. is as well. Yes. You can follow CJ in the meantime on Instagram at CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Kate. I'm at Remude on Twitter. It's R-E-M-U-E-D. I'm Vaya Pashos on Twitter and Vays on Instagram. We are Neighbours Pod on Twitter and Neighbours Council or Neighbours itself on Facebook. And don't forget to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. And we will catch you next week.
Bye. Thanks for listening. This is my fight song. Take back my life.